Hello everyone, and welcome to our Employment Law Year in Review Regional Roundtable Series brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firm around the globe. I'm your host, Philippe Durand, partner with Auguste de Bouzy in France. Each year, we kick off our program with a special series of Year in Review programs broken down by region and focusing on the most impactful regulations of the past year as well as forecasting on important topics that will impact employers in the coming year. Today, joining us on this program, we have the pleasure to have an ELA member representing Poland, and more specifically, Magdalena Pilaska is joining, is joining us. Magdalena is an attorney with Miller Field. Magdalena, how are you doing today? Glad to have you. Happy to be your guest, Philip. Hello, everybody. Magdalena, in this program, one of the first questions we ask to each hour, uh, the jurisdictions we are in contact with, is what would be, in your view, the legal changes you would like to share with us today as far as 2023 is concerned and as far, of course, as Poland is concerned? And I think that one of the topics you wanted to talk to us about today is actually some regulations that were taken last year, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, about uh, home office. Could you say a few words about that for the audience today? Yes, with pleasure. Well, the year 2023 was in general a very busy year for us lawyers in Poland because the developments of labor was uh, a lot as the changes affected the functioning of almost all companies. And one of the topics that became very important in uh, the recent year uh, was remote work. This issue was until 2023 not regulated in the Labour Code in Poland. It was regulated during the pandemic in the so-called Special COVID Act. So this is an extraordinary ordination and it was designed for the era of pandemics. But the employers and the employees liked it so much that it was prolonged for three years and we couldn't part with that regulation. We waited for three more years for the regulations on remote work to become part of the labor code. And there's now uh, three types of remote work. Like you say, it's uh, basically home office. The employers may introduce regular homework, hybrid patterns, and also occasional remote work up to 24 days a year. And I must say that the employees would probably be interested in even more days a year, but we only got 24. This pool of occasional remote work is important because it allows the employer to limit the formalities to minimum. And in case of hybrid patterns and regular remote work, there is a need to uh, initiate consultation with the trade unions or the employees' representatives and to write down the regulations in the employment bylaws. There is also some uh, limited cases where the employer will be obliged to provide uh, and to ensure the employee the option to work remotely. And the privileged groups are pregnant women, parents of children under the age of eight, and employees who take care of another disabled family members. And it uh, should be possible for such employees as long as the organization of work and the nature of work so allows. So this issue may be, I guess, problematic for some employers who would like to have control over who works remotely and who not. Because if they decide that, as a rule, the remote work is uh, possible in their organization, they may not deny a motion 
of uh, the person from this privileged group. What was long discussed in case of this uh, remote work regulation was the covering of the costs of energy and internet connection for the employees. Frankly, none of the groups were was much interested in uh, having discussed covered because finally it's not much money. It should be rational and proportional to the actual costs of the employee and regular standard amount would now be 15 euro or 10, 15 euro monthly. So it's not much money. But what is interesting here about this regulation is that the employer has no option to offer the employee opportunity to work remotely without covering the costs. So if it is the employee who would like to work remotely and not employer, if it's the initiative of the employee, the, the money and the costs may be actually a stopper from implying this possibility. We have situations like this, especially in global organizations, when there is no pattern for such covering costs, where, where this turn out a big business stopper for remote work. And all that may be offered then are now only this 24 days of occasional work, which do not require covering the costs of work. In France, actually, we have that specific rule that is very different from Poland, where you have to pay for costs incurred by employees anyway, at any time, whether it's a, you know, as part of home office or not, and where and whatever type of home office we are um, we are talking about. So that's that's good to know. And I thought it was good to know as well, uh, Magdalena, about these three different types of home office regulation, home office situations. I should say you were referring to. Now I know that you've got another pretty hot topic in mind for 2023 in uh, Poland. That's uh, sobriety tests. What would you say about that? Well, yes, correct. That was an issue which was long a controversial one in Poland because nobody knew exactly what is the rule here. And finally, you have the regulations. They have still some questions and there, there are some doubts which were not resolved by these regulations, but uh, some questions have been finally answered. And the most important thing about the sobriety checks is that the employers who wish to conduct preventive sobriety checks now need to implement a dedicated procedure within the framework stipulated in the labor code. In these procedures, the group of employees which may be subject to testing need to be identified and the details of testing and documenting thereof. Also, the employees which are covered by the regulation need to be individually informed about when the regulation becomes effective. This means that the legality of any sobriety examinations which are performed on the basis of any potential previously functioning procedures at the company may now be questioned. So the employers need to be wary because if they perform their sobriety checks based on these previous regulations and make their business decision based on the test results, such as disciplinary actions, removing the employee from work or even a termination without notice, the grounds for such decisions may be challenged should the very sobriety check be faulty as a conclusion. So there are many employers who do have sobriety check procedures dating back from before the 2023. They are now not valid. So this employer should introduce them anew. Even though they may be in line with the new regulations, they need to be introduced anew and the employers need to be informed anew of the effectiveness of these uh, regulations. 
Well, the details about this procedure also are important because the law precises that the preventive sobriety checks may be performed only if it is important for the protection of health and life or the property of the employer. And then there is a question about whether, for example, office work qualifies as such work which protects the property of the employee. What does it mean? So we're waiting for the answers from the case law about that issue. And also it's not clear still whether the employer is entitled to perform sobriety checks upon suspicion, let's say. So the procedure and the regulations pertain only to preventive sobriety checks. So the situation in which on a given day, all the employees that enter the work plant are tested, but nobody knows what happens if we actually see that there is intoxicated employee in the work plant. Is the employer able to perform the tests with the calibrated breathalyzer or should the employer call the police to perform that test? This again is the question for the practice to show. The stance of the ministry of relevant ministry is unclear and it changes. I'm wondering now what will be the stand of the new government in Poland? Maybe the, this, this one will be more flexible. Let's see what brings us to 2024. The, the view we would take on this in France is that it will be for the courts to decide on, on a lot of the stuff yeah. you were referring to. And truly, admissibility in court is very important for this kind of a check. Because if you find an intoxicated employee on the workplace for referring to the purpose of the test you were referring to and someone who's driving a truck or a car, then what do you do? Do you need the person's consent? Do you have this to be done by a kind of official doctor or the police? So these are usual questions that obviously are not fully answered yet under Polish law. So that's certainly something to be followed, uh, of course. One last topic I think you had in mind, uh, Magdalena, for today's discussion and for the benefit of uh, our audience is work-life balance regulation. That's also something that came up in 2023 or maybe under a new aspect or with new challenges, maybe. Well, uh, Poland historically is not uh, <laughs> the good student here and we are many times delayed with implementation of the EU regulations and this was the case with, with this one. We finally have it. We ha finally have our uh, regulations about the work-life balance, which basically means more options for justified absence for the employees, especially the privileged group like pregnant women or parents of children under the age of eight. There are some regulations also about flexibility of work for those groups. But under the same umbrella, also uh, one in interesting regulation came into force. Again, something that was controversial previously. Basically, until 2023, many employers would like to and did have a clause in their employment contracts under which they would forbid the employee to undertake any other professional activity, so any other employment. This was not a nice solution, but it was not explicitly forbidden. Now it is. Now it is, and we do not may rely on similar provisions of employment contract. Now the employee is free to undertake any parallel employment, so the only option now for the employer would be to have a non-competition agreement. And the non-competition agreement needs to refer only to competitive entrepreneurs. So this regulation is much more narrow. 
So employers listening to us now, Magdalena, have to be careful about this very last change you were referring to, i.e. what we would call in my jurisdiction in France, exclusivity clauses, whereby you would force employees to make sure that they work 100% of their time for your company and not for anybody else. So that's good to know. Very good to know, I think. Magdalena, what we also do in this kind of podcast is ask our guests, what would be your predictions for 2024? That's probably a difficult exercise, maybe especially given the political situation you have in Poland with this new government. But I still have to ask you the question, what can you see coming up of interest in the employment field or employment legal field for the coming year, that is to say 2024? Uh, well, yes, the government is relatively new and has a lot of work to do, I must say. So probably the employment law will be not its major focus. But still, there are some interesting changes expected and promised also by the new government. One of uh, that that I would like to pay attention to is the change in the sickness leave salary. Currently, the employer needs to pay for the first 33 days of absence of the employee in case of his sickness. In case of the employees above the age of 50, it is uh, 14 days. And then after that period, the social insurance institution takes over this obligation. And the new government has announced that they will release the employers from this obligation to pay sickness salary. And that from the very first day, the payment will be made by the social insurance institution. So this will be a huge change, huge economic benefit from the employers. We do not know the details of this regulation uh, yet. The promises in the announcement focuses more on the small entrepreneurs. So it remains to be seen whether the big size company will also be covered by this new release. But this is a huge one. And the, the second issue is the whistleblowing uh, directive, which again is a delayed one. The Polish government has been working on that for uh, several years. Now there have been uh, several proposals. None of that would be brought to the parliament. So there is a lot of options discussed here. And as I said, we are delayed. We do expect it to be introduced this year, but I'm not in a position to, to say whether it will happen actually and finally or not. But this would be something that would require a preparation of the employers. So this is something that we should probably follow and pay attention to. Very good. And uh, certainly this new regulation on sick leave that, that you just talked about is going to represent certainly huge cost savings for uh, companies, particularly exactly. for, for, small, for small companies, because apparently it will apply uh, for sure for small companies. But you did tell us that for large companies, it's still remains uh, to be seen. Magdalena, as a final topic for our discussion, what would be the takeaway, a takeaway or a few takeaways you would like to share with us today? Anything you could think of that employers in uh, Poland should be doing right now to stay in compliance or to get prepared for any anticipated regulations in 2024? Well, as uh, 2023 was a busy year, <laughs> I do know that some of the employers still need to catch up with the changes that already happened and that uh, there are still some changes required with regard to sobriety checks procedures and the remote work. It needs to be noted that both issues require also amendments and some paperwork regarding the personal data processing. So a focus should be made to this extent. 
And it is also a good practice always to revise the templates of employment contracts once in a while and should be probably made at the beginning of this year due to the issues that I discussed about the provisions that are no more effective now. Also, I didn't talk about that, but there are some more paperwork related with the notification obligations of the employer toward the newly employed employees. Uh, There is this information that needs to be delivered within seven days from the start of employment, and it is much more broad now than in the previous years. So a set of documents that are handed over to the employee at the start of employment should be scrutinally revised. Very good. Thank you very much. I think we covered a lot of grounds. You just talked about paperwork to be done and to be really scrutinized for people joining uh, Polish companies. We talked about uh, personal data. You just talked about that. We talked about uh, sick leave allowances that may be less costly or maybe go, go to zilch for uh, Polish employers. We talked about sobriety checks. Uh, that's uh, That was also very uh, interesting. And home office regulation. So thank you for all of that, uh, Magdalena. It's been very nice talking to you today. Thank you, Philip. It was a pleasure. And thank you also to our listeners for dedicating your time. I was going to say the same thing, Magdalena. I wanted to thank also our listeners today. If you would like to connect with Magdalena, please click on her bio in the description of this podcast. We also encourage you to reach out to any of our lawyers around the world by selecting Find a Lawyer on the ELA website at ela.law or download our app by searching Employment Law Alliance in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Additionally, Check out our training.ela.law to access our training portal featuring online harassment prevention programs and much more. Information about all the programs available in the Year in Review series and other resources are available on the event landing page at ela.law. You have been listening to the Employment Law Year in Review Regional Roundtable, a series brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I am Philippe Durand. Thanks for listening.